Welcome to the official podcast of Apostolic Lighthouse. We'd like to thank you for listening today. We pray this message blesses you and encourages you to see that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. to relate a little bit, but I grew up being very competitive with my sister. And if you have had siblings yourself, maybe you could relate to that too. But if she got an A plus in school, I needed to get an A plus in school. If she climbed to the top of the monkey bars, I had to get to the top of those monkey bars. If she saved $100, I borrowed it. We used to call our Bank of Renee, I'm not kidding, like where, how do you always have a wad of cash under your bed in that little like Pocahontas box, right? We were always competitive. And not so very long ago, we used to have two services on Sunday, one in the morning and one in the evening. And things were a lot different back then. We didn't have the sanctuary as you see it now. And instead of air conditioning, we had ceiling fans lining the beam of the church that would circulate air on hot summer days. Our carpet was worn in some areas, and we used to have these theater seats that were bolted to the floor, and they would creak and groan every time someone got up or sat down. And it was on one of these Sunday mornings, it was either sometime during service or after service, that I learned that my sister had received the gift of the Holy Ghost. And as the competitive sister that I am, I was like not okay with her having something that I didn't. (laughs) Truly, I'm just being honest, right? We were eight years old. And I understood after that Sunday morning service that she had experienced something that I had not. And frankly, I wasn't okay with it. I was happy for her, but I'm like, okay, we gotta, we gotta rectify this because if she's got it, I want it. We came back to service that Sunday evening and the crowd was thinned out. Sunday mornings were always more well attended. That Sunday night was just the faithful few. There was no special speaker. We were not in revival. And in fact, a minister didn't lay his hand on me. An elderly woman made her way from the back of the church as I began to pray and seek God for the Holy Ghost. And I knew and I understood that at eight years old, surely if God can give it to her, he will give it to me. And that Sunday night 
on a service that really, I guess, by any other means, there wasn't anything special going on. There wasn't any announcements. We didn't have a fellowship afterwards. About here or there, second or third row, I asked God to give me what he gave Renee, and he didn't. And I'm here to tell you today. I'm here to tell you today, as surely as the Lord lives, if he will do it for me, a competitive eight-year-old sister, he will give it to you. This is your day. This is your time. This is your hour. Thank you, Jesus. Let's worship the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. All right, friends, we're going to jump right into it, okay? What is the Holy Ghost? The better question is who is the Holy Ghost? Yes. The Holy Ghost has a name, and it's Jesus. Amen. We do not. Amen. That's right. The Holy Ghost has a name, and it's Jesus, yeah. and we do not have this experience without the death, burial, and resurrection of our Savior. Yes. You know, back in the day, you know, like my dad was saying recently on a message, people say they wish they lived in the Old Testament. Um, immediately, no. Um, um, for me, immediately, no. I would have already been dead. I wouldn't have made it. <laughs> Literally, I probably wouldn't have made it back past my fifth birthday. They'd been like, get rid of her. She can't keep it straight, okay? <clears throat> Back in those days before Jesus came on the scene, the presence of God dwelt in one place among the people. It was in the Holy of Holies, which was the innermost sanctum of the temple. And you or I could not go before the presence of God. Not even the priests could go before the presence of God. Only the high priests, and once a year as the Lord directed. If you or I were to sin... We had to purchase an animal that would be sacrificed by a priest on our behalf to get rid of our sin. But then Jesus came on the scene. Amen. And God, who so loved the world, came, became flesh and dwelt among us and hung on the cross as the ultimate sacrifice, yes. forever doing away with those animal sacrifices. Yes. Right. What's important for you to know is in that holy of holies in the temple, in that innermost sanctum, there was this heavy curtain that hung from floor to ceiling, dividing the holy of holies from the rest of the temple. Well, when Jesus hung on the cross and he said his last words to Telestai, translated, it is paid in full. Amen. That curtain on its own accord by the power of God tore from top to bottom and the presence of God was ushered out of the temple. Yes. Hebrews 10.10 10 says, By that will we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Amen. That's it. Once for all. After Jesus died and was buried and rose on the third day, he went and started to show himself to his followers and to his disciples. And he says in Luke chapter 24, verse 46, 
Then he said to them, thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem, and you are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Amen. You know what tarry means? Hold the phone, please. Be patient. If you could just hang on. If you will just be patient and wait in the city of Jerusalem, you will be endued or translated gifted with power from on high. Yes. And then not so very long after, Scripture records the outpouring of the Holy Ghost in Acts chapter 2. And let's look at verse 1. When the day of Pentecost... Oh, I'm sorry, Renee. I think I'm going to read what I've got here. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. God gave me my title today, and it's soul language. What is the Holy Ghost? It is speaking in a language that is unknown to you as the Spirit gives you the utterance. That's it. And this Holy Ghost experience, it's really the language of our souls. And you know, I talked about earlier the presence of God back in the Old Testament dwelt in the innermost sanctum of the temple in the Holy of Holies. But then when God breathed his last breath, the veil was torn and the presence of God was issued out of the temple. So where did it go? We are the temples of God. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 says, Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? whom you have from God, and you are not your own. For you were bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Amen. You know, as time and distance separated me from my eight-year-old soul language experience, as time and distance separated me from that Sunday evening where there wasn't very much going on, but it was a life-changing day for me, I started to conditionalize the experience. What do I mean by that? I started to say things like, maybe at this upcoming revival service, I'll get a refilling. Or maybe when we have a special speaker, if he'll pray for me, I'll get a refilling. Maybe if we have that special singing group come, then I'll get a refilling. And I started to put all these caveats and conditions on the move of God, yet how quickly I forgot. As an eight-year-old girl, there was nothing going on but a desire and a God who fulfilled that desire. You know, when some people receive the Holy Ghost, they almost look at it like as an isolated event. Thank you, Lord, one and done. And if I asked you the last time you spoke in your soul language, somebody might say, well, the last time we had a special speaker. 
or the last time we had a revival service, or, you know, about once or twice a year I speak in my soul language. Or when that one song is sung, boy, it sure gets me every time. Your soul language is not conditional. It's yours. If you've got it, use it. And if you are not, you are missing out. Let's be very clear. When you receive the Holy Ghost, you have the Holy Ghost. Second, you need to use that language as much as you can. That means every time that you go before the Lord to pray, it doesn't have to be a Sunday morning. It doesn't have to be Thursday night service. It could be in the quiet of your home. As you kneel by your bedside or in your living room, you can speak in your soul language, in that heavenly language. Yes. Okay, why do we need it? I don't even know how young I was when I had Acts 2.38 memorized, and every single person that's attending this church knows that scripture too. We know that it is the evidence of and essential for our salvation. It is a heavenly language that is crucial for our day-to-day walk with God. Have you ever hit your knees in prayer and you don't even know where to start? You don't even know where to begin, what to ask for, what to say. The Holy Ghost knows where to begin. Romans 8.26 says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Amen. Before Christ in the Old Testament, the priest, he was the intercessor. You would have to go to him and tell him all about your sin and then you'd pick out an animal that would cover the sin and then he would sacrifice it for you, go before God, and then it was done. No, no, no longer. Now, after the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, the Spirit of God himself is the intercessor. Not a man, Jesus. Man. Have you ever, I, I mean, I have people in my life like this, and God bless them, but have you ever talked to people that just beat around the bush? And inwardly, you're like, instead of circling the block for a fifth time, can you just get to the point? <laughs> like, I can't. You know, sometimes praying with words that we understand can sometimes beat around the bush. You end up praying over the issue. You end up praying under the issue. You end up praying around the issue. When when we pray in the Holy Spirit, when we pray in our soul language, the Holy Ghost breaks through the issue. It breaks through, it breaks through, it breaks through. And you know, no wonder we get weary in well-doing. We're trying to fight spirit with spirit, or excuse me, we're trying to fight spirit with flesh with human words when we should be fighting spirit with spirit. You can only fight spirit with spirit, so we need to get very comfortable praying in our soul language and with that being a part of how we communicate with our God. When you pray in tongues, you have no idea what you are accomplishing in the spiritual realm. Thank you, Jesus. Second Corinthians 10, verse 4, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal or flesh, 
but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. The Holy Ghost is a weapon. The Holy Ghost is a guide. The Holy Ghost is wisdom. And when you are on your knee, thank you, Jesus. And anywhere and everywhere you carve out time to pray with your God, you can speak it. You're going to need it to make that judgment call. You're going to need it to discern right from wrong. When you have the Holy Ghost, you have the ability to see things that are not as though they were. And let me tell you something. With every ounce of love in my being, you cannot get to where God wants to take you if you do not have the Holy Spirit. I said you cannot, with every ounce of love, you cannot get to where God wants to take you without the Holy Ghost. That's right. Why? Because with God, nothing is impossible, and when he's within me, nothing shall be impossible for me. First Corinthians 2.11 says, For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. Verse 13 says, These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. And you know, when the Spirit of God lives within you, you're going to bear fruit. We all learn that in Sunday school, right? Galatians 5.22, let's check it out. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. You know, this soul language experience is easily the single greatest miracle that God is still performing in our day. That's right. I don't know about you, but I took four years of high school Spanish, four years of watching peliculas and eating quesadillas at class fiestas. And I can tell you after four years, I can kind of understand someone when they're speaking it, and I have little to no confidence to respond. I was telling Bianca the other day, like, one of my goals, I want to become bilingual. The four years of high school Spanish did not do it, but we'll get there. Yet this soul language experience is a miracle because I can walk into church speaking one language, and I can walk out being bilingual. If I walked in bilingual, I can leave trilingual. And you know, just as no two people have an identical twin sister and our fingerprints are totally different, just as no two people's fingerprints are the same, please do not be informed by how someone else's speak, how someone else's, how someone else speaks their soul language. Don't you know that God's going to give you your own sound? One evangelist, <clears throat> this is awesome. He had a free night where he wasn't scheduled to speak anywhere. So he's like, all right, I'll go check out a local church. And he got there, and he kind of sat towards the back. And uh, he started worshiping. They had worship service going on. They were singing songs. He started worshiping, 
and worship turned into him praising in tongues, not loud enough to disturb the church. It's never disturbing. Just loud enough for the person in front of him to hear, which wasn't even his intent. He was just worshiping his God. Well, little did he know, the man that was sitting in front of him was an agnostic, which means he doesn't believe in God or might believe in some power but has a hard time tying it with God. Well, little did he know that this man was an agnostic. And after service, this man came up to the minister and said, I have to ask, where did you learn to speak such perfect Latin? And the minister answered the question with a question and said, what was I saying? (laughs) And the agnostic said, you were talking about the truth and the power and the existence of God. And the minister told him, sir, I have never studied or spoken a word of Latin in my life. The Lord is trying to reach you. Thank you, Jesus. Acts 2, chapter 6 says, And when the sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused because everyone heard them speak in his own language. This Acts 2, 6 follows the outpouring of the Holy Ghost that we read about, where suddenly there came a sound as of a rushing mighty wind. That multitude that was speaking in their soul language in that upper room, people down on the ground started hearing about it. And they're like, well, they don't, they're not Jewish. Why are they speaking my language? Or they're not this or they're not that. I, don't quote me on the Jewish thing. I have no idea what their background was. But my point is, is that strangers and passersby heard people that were not of their descent speaking in their language so that they could understand. Yes. And throughout our Christian experience, God may use your soul language to speak to someone that might be able to understand it. And there have been so many reports of this happening all over the world, especially when ministers travel to other countries where someone is just praying in their soul language and God is speaking directly to them. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, so this is the fun part. How do you receive it? So easy. I'm going to tell you right now, so listen up. Hang on to your hats, folks. In case you have forgotten, the Holy Spirit is a gift, and it is promised to each and every person. Yep. And it is promised to each and every person who has repented of their sins. The only qualification to receive this experience is to repent of your sins. And if you've already done that, you're good, okay? You're ready. Let's be very clear, though. Repentance isn't being sorry that I can't do it anymore. Or praying and weeping, asking God to forgive me, and then running right back out out after service and doing the same thing all over again. That's not true repentance. Repentance is a turning away from that thing, that sin, that addiction, so that we can get closer to Jesus. You know, sometimes when we're seeking the Holy Ghost up here or at home, we can feel the presence of God in such a mighty way, and we kind of just like shut our mouths and lean into it. But when you seek for the Holy Ghost, you must use your words. It's a language, so you must use your voice, and this gift is going to come through speaking. Use your words and worship God. This gift is a sound, and it's going to be unique to each speaker. Okay, 
Let's talk about posture, and let's talk about what we should say. In order to receive this soul language experience, our posture is important, and what we say is important. I would recommend that you raise, your both, raise both of your hands because it's opening you up, right? This feels very vulnerable because it is. It's a symbol of total surrender. And I would recommend that you do nothing but focus on Jesus. And there is only one word that should be coming out of your mouth, and that is hallelujah. Hallelujah literally translates to, I give my all to you, Jehovah. That's it. Can we say hallelujah together just so we're all clear in case somebody's taking notes? Hallelujah. 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 That's it. We overcomplicate it. Or we come up here and ask God to give it to us. That's like you on Christmas Day seeing a package with your name on it under the tree and like, can I have that? What are you kidding me? It's your toy. It's got your name on it. You, you are going to get it. You don't, need, you don't need to beg me for it, right? Right. So we just, let's not overcomplicate it. Let's not pray for anything else. If we've repented, then you're good. If you need to repent, get it out of the way. And then both hands raised. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. It's not complicated. If I'm, if I'm not trying to come up with what to say because I'm just saying hallelujah, it really takes the burden off, doesn't it? Praise God. That's it. Because that one word, you are saying everything that needs to be said. I give my all to you, Jehovah. You know, some people will spend their whole Christian experience trying to research this whole thing. There's scripture about people that are ever learning and never able to the, come to the knowledge of the truth. You get like research fatigue because you're trying to make sense of it. Since when do the things of God make sense? When I decided to jump out of a plane at 13,000 feet over the Nevada desert at sunrise, I made that choice after watching a 20-minute video and signing a waiver. <laughs> Yet we will come to service and hear it and hear it and hear it and understand that we feel something we've never felt here than anywhere else, but we're still like, I don't know, I need more information. Sometimes we just have to take the leap. And let me tell you something, skydiving came with a waiver. The Holy Ghost comes with a list of promises, like joy unspeakable and yeah. full of glory, salvation, yeah. comfort, peace, protection. So many, you have no idea. So if you have not had this experience and you would like to, I invite you to come forward and please stay standing so that we can fit as much people as that would like to have this experience. And then behind those that come, I want those that have already had this experience, but we need to speak it again, which is everybody, to come forward behind them. And as you guys make your way up, I'm not going to have the musicians play today because I just want us to be solely focused on Jesus. So while you make your way up, I want to share with you this story. A minister was given the gift of seeing angels in church services. And when people would come up for healing, angels 
would move and lay hands on the people that needed healing. But when it came time for the gift of the Holy Ghost, the angels stood back and just watched. Why? Because this experience is between you and God, and you don't need a minister, you don't need a revival service, you don't need a special song, all you need is Jesus. Acts 2, 1 says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. So one accord means in unity. And so today, for those that would like to, I invite you to come forward and we are going to stand in unity. And as a unified body all over this house, all I want you to say is hallelujah. Until you start speaking your soul language, I just want you to say hallelujah, I give my all to you, Jehovah. Make your way up, if you would, for those that are interested in this experience. Thank you, Jesus. And here's the deal. Pastor and I are going to pray with you, but we don't need to touch you. This is for you. God is in this house today as easily as you feel him. So if you would just begin to raise your hands, both hands, just focus on Jesus. Hallelujah. That's it. Hallelujah. 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 All over this house, Lord Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 I give my all to you, Jehovah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. Amen. How many, how many experienced something that you've never experienced before? Amen. Praise God. Praise the Lord. I know Melanie got a really great touch. She said she was floating. She felt like she's floating. And you never felt that before? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I'm telling you, God moved today. Amen. And this is not the end of it. And you don't have to wait for another sermon on the Holy Ghost for us to get to where we are right now. You can get it on, on the way home in the car. You can get it in your house. Amen. You can get it on Thursday night. You can get it on Sunday, next Sunday. Praise the Lord. Amen. Let me tell you a little story. There was a, an older lady that used to go to the Bellflower Church. And she, she got down to this altar. And we, this is when we had church Wednesday night, Friday night, Sunday morning, Sunday night. And when we had a visiting preacher, we had service Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday morning, Sunday night. And we only took two days off. And, and the older folks back then said, you guys are a bunch of softies. When we had revival, we went seven days a week and twice on Sunday. And I'm like, softies, okay, well, I'm, I'm new to this. Wednesday through Sunday, twice on Sunday, that's pretty rough. But anyway, she'd go down the altar every time praying for the Holy Ghost and just to be leaving, very, felt disappointed, wondering, is it for me? Are they, maybe I'm not, a, I'm not in the club, I'm not this, God does whatever, amen. But you know what? Uh, after several days of doing that, several services of being disappointed, something just rose up in her heart and on her way, she lived... She lived in Norwalk, and from the drive from Bellflower to her house in Norwalk, she just said, Lord, this is for me, and she's driving, and she got the Holy Ghost while she's driving. She said, man, I I had, had to keep control of the car. 
Amen. So what I'm telling you is you can get it anywhere, anytime. Amen. Just like Jess said, we don't need music. Amen. Melanie's floating with no music. Praise God. Amen. Ralph has been touched. Praise God. And many of you I saw were touched. Amen. Josh and a lot of people and whoever you are, I know God touched somebody. Praise God. And this experience is for you. He said it's for you and for your children. All oh, that are far off. Everybody can have it. It's a gift for everybody. Amen. There's no big eyes and little U's in the kingdom of God. And God has no favorites. He wants to give everybody. He died for everybody. Amen. Amen. And you say, well, Amen. Susan got the Holy Ghost in the car. <laughs> Praise God. Praise the Lord. Amen. Yeah, watch out when you ask God for stuff like that. Because, you know, wherever you are, he'll give it to you. Amen. I mean, my whole family came and we were in revival. My whole family came with all of us, we came to church together, and one by one, they all got the Holy Ghost except me. Amen. And I'm like, what is this? This is a ripoff. <laughs> and I was down there praying. I'm praying just as hard as them. I'm praying harder than some of my brothers. And you talk about competition. Me and my brother that's one year younger, we had a major competition, and he got it before me. I go, this cannot stand. <laughs> Amen. But you know what? I didn't get it uh, during the revival. The revival, uh, it was a two-week revival, and we went from Wednesday to Sunday, two weeks in a row. Amen. And the last night of the revival, the evangelist left, and I'm like, this is a ripoff. <laughs> Amen. But Monday night, after the second week of the revival, when it was over, Monday night, there was a back-to-school rally at the church. And I went there, and I went down to the altar, and I just said, well, the revival's over, Lord, so... But I guess I could still get it on back to school night. And I just lift up my hands and I got the Holy Ghost so easy. I'm like, what happened? I, I was working hard over here for two weeks. But you know what? When you just like, it's not, you don't have to work hard. Like Jess said, you don't, we don't beg for it. You just, just take, Lord, it's a gift. Now, sometimes you just get, we have to check our heart. You know, we, like she said, we got to repent. If there's anything uh, that's, that's not right, we got to get rid of that. And say, so it's always good. Lord, forgive me for my sins. If there's anything I've done, I want a clear channel. I want the pipeline between me and you right now to be unobstructed. Amen. And then you just let it happen. Praise God. And if you first don't succeed, don't give up because it's worth that. It, it's more than worth it. Amen. Keep going. Keep trying. Keep going. Keep trying. Amen. I remember my pastor, he, Pastor White, uh, uh, when, that I came in the church under, he, he sought the Holy Ghost for six months, and he couldn't get it. And finally, he, he was so, whatever, he took his Bible, he opened it up, he put it on the floor to Acts 2.38, and he stood on the Bible. You talk about standing on the promises. He actually stood on Acts 2 the earth and said, 238 and said, God, you said you'd give it to me. The promise is for me and my children. All are far off. I want it. And he got it right then. After six months. 
I don't know why some people are sooner than others. I don't understand. But I just know it's for everybody. Everybody should want it. And everybody should not stop asking for it until they get it. And praising God. And when I say asking for it, I'm not saying asking for your gift. I'm just saying, saying hallelujah. I give my all. I thank you, Jesus. I praise you. Amen. Amen. And remember... You know, that stammering lips, that, that shaking jaw that some I've seen some of you have. Amen. That's biblical. That is the precursor. The Holy Ghost is just right there. You got to just take that next little step. Stammering lips and another tongue. And so, amen. And don't even worry because it's going to be, it's not going to be, um, you know, well, God's going to speak through me, so I'm just going to go. And then he's going to take some, like, holy golden tongs from heaven and grab my tongue and go, that's not going to happen. So you can't just, like, let it lay out like, you know, like some dog that's been running a long time and needs a drink of water. Amen. No, we got to, you, he's going to use your voice, like Jess said. And so you're saying, hallelujah. Your jaw's starting to shake. You're starting to feel something because you're going to feel it, amen, before you speak it, praise God. And then it's going to come out. Amen. And you got to just give your voice to what you feel. And don't worry about English. Don't worry about Spanish or whatever language you know. And don't worry about what it sounds like. Just let it come out. Just let it come out. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. And you know what else? See, you're being born again when you're born of the Spirit. You're like a newborn babe. And your language is, 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 might start off one way. And it gets different as you mature in God. Just like when you, when you, uh, you know, when you're taught, you know, like goo goo, gaga, and mam me, and all that stuff, you know, you're really rough. You know, you're, you can't really put a couple of sentences together yet. Amen. You're just, you know, barely walking and all that stuff. Then you start learning. Amen. And it becomes more concise and more, you know, clear. Even though you don't understand what you're saying, it sounds more almost like a language than just maybe what somebody would call gibberish or whatever. But that's doesn't don't worry about that. Don't even care what it sounds like. Just let it out. What I say is I say, man, it feels so good. I don't care what it sounds like. And but but don't be don't be hung up on feelings either. It's not always about feelings. It's about because it didn't say when you feel something, you're gonna get the Holy Ghost. He said, when you speak in other tongues, you know you got the Holy Ghost. So that's the that's the evidence. Amen. Amen. We, this is like, we could be handing the mic around here. This is feeling good up here. Praise God. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So, so just believe God. It's faith. Amen. And sometimes it's just that stepping across by faith, that last little, that threshold, when you get that stammering lips getting into the speaking in tongues, that's when you just, you got to just let go of that last bit of yielding to God. Amen. But it's going to happen. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Well, we told you that we had three wonderful baptisms on Thursday. And you say, well, that's Thursday, but why you got the tank lit open on Sunday? Who's getting baptized? Well, like, who knows? God knows. But, you know, after a service like this, somebody might want to. Is anybody that has not been baptized in Jesus? And I know Jess said, and she was very, she was an uh, awesome message, by the way. That was awesome. Amen. 
She was correct in saying that the only thing you need to do before to get the Holy Ghost is to repent of your sins. That's, that's also the only thing you need to do before you get baptized in Jesus' name. But you don't have to be baptized in Jesus' name to get the Holy Ghost. But if you do get the Holy Ghost, you need to get baptized in Jesus' name afterward because the Bible said repent, baptism, and the Holy Ghost is the gospel, and we need all three of those components. But repentance is always first, but sometimes the Holy Ghost before or after baptism, but all three need to be done. So we have this tank open. Is there anybody that, that has not been baptized in Jesus' name that would like to be baptized before we dismiss today? Okay. Nobody? All right. Thank you, Jesus. I thank God for what he did in this service. What an incredible message. Thank you again for joining us on the podcast, and may God bless you.